Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, boxing fans? Welcome to the Fightful Boxing Podcast. Today is May 11th. I'm Carlos Toro, joined as always by the one, the only, Stephen Muehlhausen. What are you doing, Stephen? I feel special every time you say that, by the way. <laughs> I feel very special now. What's, what's going on, brother? But it's been a very... It's been a very hectic week, to say the least. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even just from all the boxing news, from the whole Triple G, uh, Triple G Canelo announcement fallout uh, to Joseph Parker to whether or not Tyson Fury is going to box and get his suspension uh, rescinded, that's going to be all those things we're going to talk about today. And as always, visit Fightful.com, where we're going to be giving you tons of UFC, MMA, pro wrestling, boxing coverage, all the good stuff. And we're going to first start with, you know, let's go start with Canelo Triple G, because we were talking about that a little bit uh, at the start of the podcast. And it's... What do you think? I was just going to say, what is... Take a look back on it. Now we're five days away from the fight. And what do you think of the aftermath? What do you think, just going back to the, the fight with Canelo and Chavez for a moment, taking a look back on it, and we got the replay coming up on Saturday night on HBO. Is your thoughts on the fight changed at all, Carlos, or, or have they stayed the same? Um, I'd say they've pretty much stayed the same. I mean, I'm really – Thought a whole lot about this uh, about this fight, Canelo and Triple G. Overall, I'm still really, really excited. I think the whole world's gonna be excited. I mean, you got uh, freaking Oscar De La Hoya going on first take, saying that this fight has the potential to be the greatest boxing fight of all time. Which, I mean, 
I don't know about that, but it certainly got a it certainly has a nice ring to it if you really think about it. And I still think that Triple G at the moment's my early favorite, a slight early favorite to win the fight. You brought this up, and I was gonna go there in a moment, but you know the the performance I've been doing radio. I was on like a little mini radio tour starting like from after the fight until through early Tuesday morning. And just hearing the excitement from Canelo about the Canelo victory, they were more, they were at the masterful performance of one Canelo Alvarez. And then more excitement with the announcement of Canelo and triple G and the disdain for Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I haven't heard so much disdain from one boxer since Mayweather Pacquiao, and I think that was pretty bad. This is right up there in my in my own estimation because there was people, and we said this before, people spent their hard-earned money, and look at what happened. You know, they spent $70. Some spent uh, $59.99. Now, how much was it for the online broadcast? The online broadcast was $70. It was $70. Ooh, Wait, no, not, include, not, not even including tax. So I think I paid about 74 bucks for that pay-per-view. Ooh, oh, they, they even got you with the taxes. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, you know, you look at it, and it did well on that end. And then you have the announcement, which set the world on fire with Canelo and Triple G. And we'll start with these comments by Oscar. What is Oscar De La Hoya thinking? Why? He's on this little press tour. And I get it. He should be. He's Oscar De La Hoya. His, he's the A side of this, of this promotion. And in this fight coming up on September the 16th. Why is he talking about Floyd Mayweather? I got no problem with him, Carlos, saying this is the biggest fight of all time. Biggest fight, the bigger than Mayweather Pacquiao. I have no problem with that because he has to sell the fight. But what is he doing talking about Floyd Mayweather? I don't know. I mean, it. I don't know if it's had anything to do with maybe sour grapes on the fight they have. I mean, I, I remember certainly uh, Floyd, when I was talking to him, when he came to the Barclays Center back in January, and he and even he dedicated like a whole little little rant in this like forty minute uh press conference after the the Gale and Bato Jack fight. He was talking like five minutes straight about Oscar De La Hoya. So I don't know. Part of me kind of think that there's say it's still some sort of animosity between the two, uh, or at least because now it's no longer about Floyd Mayweather and Oscar De La Hoya, the boxer. Now you're dealing with. Floyd Mayweather and Oscar De La Hoya, the promoters, which I kind of, I don't know, it's not, it's not as sexy as, as it was when the two of them were boxing. But I don't know. I think Oscar De La Hoya has really, it, it seems like he's been for the past four, for, for the past few years. He's just been saying weird things after weird things, almost sort of self-sabotaging or just shooting himself in the foot. And I don't know why. I don't know if he's if he's still not fully understanding the whole promoter game, which I kind of get because it's not easy being a a promoter for a world class organization. But come on, 
Oscar, you know, you're, it, you're better than that. It's one of these things where you, and you bring that up, and th- there's no love lost there. There's none whatsoever, and people in the game will tell you will tell you the same thing. And it goes back to the fight. You know, it was a close fight, and Floyd got the decision. It was a split decision, and that was, you know, you look at it as the Floyd Floyd's closest fight beyond the fight with Castillo, the first fight with Jose Luis Castillo, and you really. It seemed like things were okay when Delahoy, when Golden Boy and Mayweather were on a fight by fight basis and they were promoting his fights. And but you knew the disdain was still there and it came to his ugly head during the you know during the whole build up to the fight with with Floyd and Canelo. And and then Delahoya had his issues and and I'm not going to sit here and bash Oscar when there's really no need to. Everyone knows the DUIs and the cheating on his wife, the cocaine and dressing like a woman and all, and all this other stuff. We don't have to get into that. But then it went, then Floyd went personal at that point. And then Floyd has had his own transgressions. Let's not make Floyd to be, be a choir boy here and beating women and, and all that domestic violence and all that other nonsense. But, they don't like each other. Take take the boxing head off. They personally just don't like each other. If they were in a room by themselves, they would fight. I don't like Floyd's chances because I think Oscar kicks his ass, but I think there would be a fight. I think there would be a legit fight. They just don't like each other. And I think Oscar is envious because Floyd built his name off of Oscar De La Hoya, and I think that really nugs at Oscar, and he thought Canelo was that guy, and Canelo didn't do that. And Canelo came up short that night. But if you look at what Canelo's done, he's done amazing work. But Oscar has to separate that. And I get why he did it. He's trying to bring some limelight into the fight, but this has nothing to do with Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather right now, if you really want to look at it, he's the B-side to Conor McGregor. He's the B-side. To Canelo Alvarez. You look at Floyd's last beyond Manny Pacquiao. What and and the one fight with beyond three fights. Floyd Mayweather isn't this the, the big draw. Yeah, he did well against Hatton. He did well against uh, Robert Carrero. And now it's due to an eighteen month layoff. And let's let's remember that as well. So Floyd's strategically known when to fight, but. He's had some stinkers and some clunkers on pay-per-view. And I think Oscar needs to focus, supreme focus. You got to sell Triple G here to the masses. 320,000 buys for two pay-per-views, that's not too hot. It's not hot at all. So you're at the point where Canelo's already there. You now have to build Golovkin up as a monster. Here he is, a monster. You know. I know, the hardcores know, but you got you have to sell this fight to the mainstream. And if you don't sell Gennady Golovkin as a monster, they're going to be in a lot of they'll be in some trouble. Like it'll still sell, I think, ticket wise. When you're talking about pay per view sales, where you're making the chunk of your money, you're making the major, the lion's share of the money. If you don't, if Oscar doesn't do that correctly, Carlos, I'm telling you right now, it's going to flop on pay per view. What should be an easy one and a half million by pay-per-view can turn in. You can cut that in half or lower if all Oscar does is talk about Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, 
and not even just on the paper on the pay per view side. You're talking about the life, uh, the live gates, and all that kind of stuff. And even still, we still don't know where the fight's actually going to be. Jerry Jones, uh, the Dallas Cowboys owners, he said that he's going to tr- he's gun for this fight to happen at AT and T Stadium, which I think is the smart way to go because you could, if you again, and you mentioned this, if you market this right, and if Oscar De La Hoya gets his foot out, out of his mouth and stop worrying about Floyd Mayweather, who's not at all involved in any of this whatsoever, you could, you could sell 70, 80, 90,000 people, especially in Texas, when you're going to get a pretty good uh, Mexican crowd. I mean, you have the potential to, this be, to it being the, I guess, the Klitschko Joshua of this side of the planet. We talked about this. What did we talk about this two weeks ago? We talked about it right after Joshua Klitschko. Now, you bring up an interesting point. Jerry Jones did a talk today. It all and this determines that talking about the site of the fight. Sources have told me, and I and I stated this last weekend. Sources have said have told me it's it's either T-Mobile, it's T-Mobile Arena, Madison Square Garden, or AT and T Stadium. Likely, the final two will be down to ATT Stadium and T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Now, you have to look at, there's a lot of variables that go into this here. Site fee. Jerry Jones is going to have to match the site fee of Vegas. And that's millions of dollars. Is Jerry Jones willing to spend that money? That's the first question. And we don't know that yet. And I think that's a question, and then, from what I've seen, I haven't watched the video, but from what I've been told, Jerry Jones did not bring that up. All he was talking about is he wants to fight. He can get 90,000 Mexicans and Texans and, you know, the Hispanic community. I think it sells out AT&T Stadium if it, go, if it goes there. But what is the ticket price? What is the price structure going to be? And that's another thing you have to figure. The spectacle, it may be good, but how... But what's the price barometer between ringside and up in the boonie in the last row in the last seat of each corner of and in the corners of the arena? You have to figure that out. And then you have the parking and you have the concessions, which I think it which it all factors into this. I agree with you the where if you want the spectacle, if, if, if you're caring about just the spectacle, you go to AT&T Stadium, this can be Joshua Klitschko in the United States. But if we're talking, you want to make record-setting money, and this is all about money. At the end of the day, Carlos, it comes down to cash. Jerry Jones is going to have to match Las Vegas. That's still going to be very, very – plus you have all the hotels, the casinos – is Jerry Jones going to be willing to pony up that much money? That's going to be the key here. I don't think he's going to. I've been shocked before by what Jerry Jones does. But if he can match all the factors and the advantages that Vegas has, then Dallas gets the fight. If he's going to go halfway in, it's probably not going to happen. And it's got to happen yeah. soon. It's got to happen soon. You're going to have a press tour that's going to start, from what I'm told, within the next three weeks. So you're looking at 
because Golovkin's going to start camping early July. And so is Can- – I know Canelo's going to start right around the middle to the end of June. He's going to start right after the press tour. So you have to look at this as what – they have to come up with this very quickly. You got a couple weeks, and I know they're working on it. They've been working on this for a while. It's all dependent on Jerry Jones. I think Jerry Jones holds the cards here. If he's willing to pony up the cash, the fight goes to Dallas. I know for me, I know ticket round, you know, why wise of covering the fight, it's cheaper to go to Dallas. But wherever it is, it's going to be exciting. But if I still had to hedge my bet, Carlos, it's going to be in Vegas. Yeah, I think, I mean, to an extent, you can sort of pony, uh, you know, Vegas, you're going still going to make a lot of money. You're going to make probably record-setting live gates because the ticket price is going to be astronomical for this fight. Uh, overall, I think when you look at this fight, Canelo and Triple G, there's a lot of buzz. As you mentioned, there's a ton of buzz going on around. But the one thing that I'm worried about, and you mentioned that, was Triple G's ability to draw pay-per-view buys. Because you mentioned 320000 for two pay-per-views. That's not, that's not good. I think that's Canelo on his worst day. And these are Triple G on his two pay-per-views. So now, do you think that there is a chance? Because we discussed it, and, that, and we certainly talked about it, how, Flo, how Oscar Deloitte can sabotage the pay-per-view numbers here just by constantly talking about Floyd. But is there, at least from your side, are you hearing any worries about this fight not getting the pay-per-view buys that everybody is hoping? No, I'm... As long as Oscar keeps his head together, you know, Golovkin's already doing media. You know, he's doing a lot of mainstream media. He he started doing it Sunday morning. So I think this whole, you look at these next, like, four weeks, you know, and they haven't announced the, the dates and the locations of the press tour, and I'm going to go to one, whatever the closest date is, wherever the closest location is for me. You know, but, I, you know, you want to, I think you want to, I in my mind, you, I think you have to go on what Canelo did with Floyd. And that was everywhere. They went to London. No reason to go to London. But they, they went to London. They circled back to the States. They hit New York. They did Boston. They did Philadelphia. They did Chicago. They did Grand Rapids because that's where Floyd's from. They went to Miami. They circled back. They went to Houston. They went to San Antonio. They went down to Mexico. They went to Vegas. And then they ended up in Los Angeles. So you, I think they have to go on a tour like that. I think you have to spend the money here. Because if you look at the surface right now, it's right around a million by pay-per-view. Between, I think, like 900 and a million. But, and that's just with no promotion. Now, you start putting the promotional vehicle on here in the next month, I think then... You know, I think you can push it to in that one three, one four, one five, and then of course you get that right when you get to about a week of the fight. You get the fight week, and it was just like this fight with Chavez. It really started picking up the Tuesday of the fight when the fighters arrived. So once you get in that, that hype and that overdrive, you know, everything kind of is symmetrical and it's it's cynical. It all flows and works together. I'm not worried about this fight selling unless someone stubs their toe tremendously here and 
and talking to the the one time I've talked to Kanani Golovkin, he's not going to slip up here. And Canelo is Canelo. Canelo's a you know he knows how to work the media, and so does you know. But this is all really dependent on Oscar here. He is finally the A side of a mega. He hasn't been the A side of a mega fight since his fight with Floyd. But this is just really his first time. And you could say the same thing with Canelo and Mayweather because he was he was he was the promoter for that fight. But aside from Mayweather, this is his first time on his own here, and I think that's going to be the key. He's either going to make this or break it, and I think Oscar's going to deliver. I really do. I think he understands this is their chip. They only he only has one big golden goose, which a lot of promoters only have really one big giant goose, and that's Canelo. But right now, I think they're good. I think it's going to be amazing. As long as no one screws up, Carlos, this pay-per-view will do gangbusters. It can, as long as Golovkin's treated right here, which I think he's going to be, I think this fight's going to be just fine. So now if we're moving from one champion in Gennady Golovkin, and two champions in Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez to another one, and certainly we haven't really touched upon this last week. And because of all the hoop loves around the Canelo and Triple G. So Joseph Parker, he defended hold on, the, hold on one oh, second. We didn't, we didn't talk about odds. Wanted to go right. over that real quick. Yeah. What do you yeah. make of Canelo? What do you make of Triple G being a slight favorite? Uh, I think it's I think it's the right. I think it's kind of to be expected. He's kind of always been the slight favorite in this, and I think that's going to carry over throughout the summer. Um, I could see weeks or a small period where Canelo is going to be the favorite, or even where the fight might even be uh, an even bet. So overall, I, I just think that Triple G, I think he's probably the, to the hardcore fans and to even the boxing fans in general. I think Golovkin's probably the sexier bet after beating Daniel Jacobs. And then you see Canelo just absolutely demolishing Lucis or Chavez, but I don't but I don't know if it, that says more about Canelo or more about Cesar Chavez and his preparation for this fight. But overall, I kind of think that it's I – think, I think Triple G should be the early favorite, at least at the moment. It could change no. as the summer goes, but – No, we'll I agree. It, it, he should be the pick. He's the middle-aged – he's the unified middleweight champion of the world. Canelo's only had one fight. You really, really look at it. I guess you have to technically count the two fights at 155, but you have a guy that's only had three fights above 154 pounds. And you got a guy who's the middleweight conqueror. He is the king. He is the lion. He is the mauler. It, they got it right. I think it's going to be interesting once we, like you said, we get closer to the fight. The odds won't change until we get closer to the fight. And and I think at that point it might be a pick or maybe Canelo becomes a small favorite by that time. But, no, you're exactly right. All right. So now we can that, talk about the great Joseph Parker. <laughs> yeah. The great Joseph Parker. We're both fans of Joseph Parker. He defended his title against, and I'm going to butcher his name because we spent uh, how much time on his? About two minutes. Two, two minutes. Razvan Kohanu. Guy we, who is, if I we, believe, oh, uh, you were saying? No, I was going to say, we don't want to piss off the, the Razvan Kohanu fans. We really don't. We don't want to piss off maybe his, like, five fans. We're sorry. Oh. I mean, <coughs> sorry about that. So if you look at this, and I'm just reading like here, according to BoxRec, 
as of April 2017, he was the 78th best heavyweight, according to BoxRack. And then you, and then, let's face it, this was an easy fight for Joseph Parker. No, there's no danger of him winning the belt, uh, of Joseph Parker losing the belt, I should say. He won via unanimous uh, decision in New Zealand. Uh, overall, this was, this was a fight, but this kind of now starts to open up the doors for Joseph Parker to get more unification bouts. Maybe a fight with Deontay Wilder or Tony Ballou. Or maybe down the road, work something in 2018 for Anthony Joshua. The, the, the first step for Parker is done. He needed to defend the title, and he did. Now we can focus on getting the re- uh, you know, go up against the top heavyweights and unifying more belts and getting bigger fights. But do you think he looked that impressive to where you can say he belongs with, like you said, with, you brought up Wilder and Joshua, Vladimir Klitschko? Does he even, be- Tyson Fury, does he be- really belong with these guys? I would have to say right now, no, he really, and I get it. It was an extremely short notice he was preparing for Huey Fury. But did he really light a fire under you? And I, I just watched the fight yesterday. He really didn't do nothing that impressed me that where I would feel very confident in he can go and beat a Wilder or a, a Joshua, a Klitschko, or a Tyson Fury at this point. No, no, not, I wasn't really impressed. That's why I said this was a fight. It wasn't really that spectacular. Parker didn't look all that great. But overall, I, I, I think the, the lesson was for Parker to understand that, listen, you're going to be facing a lot, a lot tougher opponents than Razvan Kahuna. You're going to have to do better than that. And I think Joseph Parker is smart enough to understand that he now has the target on his back. He is the WBO middle uh, heavyweight champion. So now, I think right now, I, I, he didn't look impressive, but I don't think it's going to hurt his stock too much because there's going to be big names still going to be gunning for his belt. I mean, if it's not going to be Anthony Joshua, because I think Joshua's schedule is going to be busy for a while with a potential Fury fight or a potential or a almost probable Vladimir Klitschko fight, I think overall, though, he's still going to get big fights. Whether or not he's going to be a draw, I don't know about that. You know, at first, you know, you're reading the results because I didn't see the results until after we were done on sa- late Saturday, early Sunday morning. And you're like, oh, he failed to impress. I'm like, ah, maybe some people were just a little too harsh. And I watched the fight and I got it. And, I, and I'm like, okay, I get it. But let's remember how how short of notice Joseph Parker took this fight. I, first, we have to say we have to give him a lot of credit because I can tell you right now, not many guys would have taken that fight. Period. Who would have taken that fight? I don't think Anthony Joshua wouldn't have taken that fight. I don't think Vladimir Klitschko would take that fight. This guy took a fight on like. 10 days notice. You have to give Joseph Parker a lot of credit. He wanted to fight. He wanted to fight at home. He wanted to put on a show. He showed up. He did what he had to do. I give him the hall pass. I know a lot of people aren't, but I'm going to give him one here. You have to look at those variables. 
you know, he did enough to win. Yeah, he trained with the guy in the past, and they spar. And I, you should know more, and you should know his weaknesses more. But he was preparing for a totally different opponent. So I, you give him a hall passer. He's still an explosive fighter. I'm not going to take anything away from Joseph Parker. But he's really got to step it up. You know, and I think the next fight will be with Deontay Wilder. I really do. I know Deontay wants that fight really bad. The last time when I talked to him before the Gerald Washington fight, he was a man on a mission and really wanting that fight. So I think that fight happens. I think it happens probably, I would probably say August, September. I know Deontay wants to get in there quicker, but I think I would be like a late, maybe even late July, sometime late July, early August, I think that fight happens. That's a big fight. It really is. Yeah, so, I mean, overall, when you think about Joseph Parker, uh, you kind of think that he's he looked good against Andy Ruiz. I'll give him that. He looked good against Andy Ruiz. And then you it's, you mentioned you can it's justifiable why Joseph Parker didn't look as good as he did in the Andy Ruiz fight. Mentioned, like I said, I don't think this fight is really going to do much because he's already the champion. He's one of the three champions in the heavyweight division that people really care about. And he didn't Billy Joe Saunders to fight. I'll put it that way. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's still a good, a big enough of an attractive name. And my goodness. Uh, Come on. You know, we always, every time we do a podcast, we 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 have Billy Joe Saunders. That is like our always very Billy Joe Saunders. I have, I was talking to my dad earlier today. And I don't know how, but we got to the conversation of, we were talking about uh, the WBO offices. And out of nowhere, I don't remember if it was me or my dad, and we were just saying, boy, the WBO has Billy Joe Saunders as a champion. And I, I don't know. And look, and I, we, I don't mean, I do not mean to bury Billy Joe Saunders that much. I just think that, with the crazy demands he was making for this Golovkin, for wanting to fight Golovkin. No, you With, meant to say it. You or, meant to say it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You meant to say it. You meant to say it. Don't even, don't even try to sit and fool our great fans here. Don't even try to fool them. Don't. Please don't. Just stop. Please. You're terrible. You're, you're horrible right now. You know, I like your posters, by the way, back there. I'm just kind of sitting there looking at your posters behind you here. Man, you got some li- – I like that poster to the left of you. My left. Yeah, I don't know what here. it is, like some girl in the middle. Oh, like, yeah, it looks like uh, a, Zelda, a Zelda poster. Yep, absolutely. There it is. Who knew you could be that cool? Who knew, oh, ladies and gentlemen? Carlos Toro's <laughs> cool. <laughs> you and I have been doing this podcast for – What's it now? Six weeks, and now you're starting to realize, oh, wow, this girl's story did. Pretty it's cool. Bad. I mean, well, you know, you got your quirks. You're, you're, you know, New Jersey. You know, you were, I'm, I'm jealous of your hat. Um, oh, you're, yeah. a, you're a Billy Joe Saunders. You're, you're a Billy Joe Saunders fan. And talking about other sports, by the way, what in the blue moon? How did the Spurs get blown out by 40? No, they lost by 39 without the Spurs having the best, second-best player in basketball in Kawhi Leonard. Houston is absolutely terrible. The Rockets didn't deserve the win. That is terrible. 
Absolutely no, you, terrible. You didn't say the Rockets lost by 39. You said the Spurs lost by 39. Or maybe I misheard you. No. No. <laughs> no. The Rockets lost one. Oh, yeah. Was, Spurs won 114 to 75. Really? Without, oh, man. Without Kawhi Leonard. That is absolutely terrible. The Rockets oh. pulled a Billy Joe Saunders. They didn't yeah. show up, ladies and gentlemen. They did not. They did not. And just to sort of quickly give my two cents, I was watching the first half of that game, and I literally thought this, the Rockets are absolutely doing everything to not win this game whatsoever. You're at home. Elimination game. No Kawhi Leonard. Chip on your shoulder. And they absolutely did not show up. The fans didn't even show up. The fans didn't even show up at the start of the game. I saw that like there, it, it was a sea of red because the Rockets fans were wearing red. But I saw a ton of red empty seats at the start of the game. No, terrible. I'm just. I was just kind of before we came out. I was like scrolling Twitter and man, James Harden got ripped into a new one. And your team's getting your ass handed to you. You have to step it up. You got to. Get a technical, start shoving some teammates, start getting them motivated. But it's it, ridiculous. But back into Joseph Parker, it looks like, though, like you said, it looks like it's going to – seeing some quotes from Klitschko's manager, uh, Buni Bonte, it looks like Klitschko's going to have a decision in the next couple weeks. And it seems like, from what I've been told, he's going to take the fight, take the rematch. Kind of from what I've been told, and he seems like he feels – Beyond a couple little mistakes and a couple little tweaks, you know, he beats Anthony Joshua. So, October, I keep hearing, October, November is some dates I'm hearing right now. And I think it's smart. I think I would even maybe wait till November, and I would wait till November for this reason. You got to remember the hangover here from, you know, you're from Golovkin and uh, Canelo. I think if, and, you know, Eddie Hearn's a pretty smart guy, and the guys at Soderland, you know, that represent Klitschko are very smart people. And, or KO2, whatever you want to call it. I think they're going to – I think November – even you can maybe get away with late October. But if I'm smart, if I'm them, I would maybe go with early November, late November for this fight. I really would. Just to kind of get that effect over with Triple G and Canelo, and who knows what's going to happen with – uh Mayweather and McGregor, too. So I think you kind of got to let some of this landscape play out here, and then I think they'll make a decision on the date for the fight. But Vladimir, I think, is going to take the rematch. I think it's a smart thing to do. Yeah, I've been hearing October as well. And listen, I I think that's what they're almost dead set on. But you're right, Eddie Hearn is a smart enough promoter to think, okay, it's September 16, and and it's only going to be less than a month for this Klitschko-Joshua rematch. The, The amount of press that the Lofkin Canal is going to get is humongous. It's going to probably overshadow Joshua Klitschko too. So I would do it like at the latest, like last weekend of October. That's where that's the absolute latest I would go for. But I think November, like mid-November is that is a pretty smart deal. And if you want, you can even push it to like late November, early December, if you want, if you really want to capitalize on the marketing, but after all, I think this is going to be a – I think they'll still have it sometime in the fall, probably October, maybe November. But I still think at the end of the day, it's going – I think they're going to be dead set on October because I'm hearing that month is going to be yeah, a fight. That's kind of where it seems like they're going. And 
it's one, it's one of these things to where you kind of have to see the landscape. And right now, September 16th is locked in. And you kind of got to figure out what's Wilder and Parker. When are they going to fight? Well, well, I've been hearing Pacquiao, if he gets by Jeff Horn, he's going to fight in November. So you really have to kind of really look at really look at the landscape here and kind of see where how everything's going to shake out. If things fall the way that you're looking at a great June, a great July, August is uncertain yet, but you're looking at you could look at a good September, October, November. You really can't hear depending on how everything plays out. But but right now it's a good time to be a boxing fan. But no, every a lot of these key divisions right now I think are up for grabs. And I and I'm very excited to see that. Now, by the way, so I was reading our some of the comments our lovely fans have been putting out here so far on the podcast. Uh, C. Phoenix said uh, a few, <laughs> several minutes ago, uh, yeah, about 15 minutes ago, about Razvan Kohanu. He, he was asking, does he have five fans? Well, first, C. Phoenix. Was it C. What? C. Two Phoenix? C. Phoenix. C. Phoenix, you know what, man? I want to. I appreciate you, my friend. I appreciate you very much. And if he has five, my friend, I am surprised. I will leave it at that. Listen, I, you, I leave it at that. You cannot argue with his impressive sixteen and three record. Before Parker, he beat Shi Yu Wu to win the vacant WBO China Zone Heavyweight Title. <laughs> I've never even heard of that title. Where did they come up with that title from? I don't know. But if you look at his last last four fights, he has been all over. He has fought in New Zealand, then China, then Mexico, and then in Las Vegas. You can call him a world traveler. You can call him like the the Christopher Columbus of boxing. Just a just a world freaking traveler there. I think that's awesome. I think he's not conquering anything at all. Maybe the China Zone heavyweight title, whatever the hell well, that means. Well, at least he isn't ate as much as many Twinkies and snorted as much Coke as Tyson Fury. That you know what he he has that he has that advantage over Tyson Fury, and so Tyson Fury is now wanting to get his suspension done over Finito. I don't think it's going to happen. He's been he, he went, I believe, on Monday to the uh, I believe the British anti-doping uh, agency, saying, "Listen, I had some bad meat. Can, can can I fight again? I don't know. It's the fact that he thinks he he thinks he can get away with that excuse, which has been thrown around." A million times. In some cases, it was true, but it's it's probably the most cop out excuse. After oh, I don't know what I was taking. I was taking over the over the counter drugs. Really, like that's that's his excuse. Oh, I ate some bad meat. I've been starting to see that excuse, and it's actually ended up being valid in some of these cases where the meat has been contaminated, but um. I, you know, you want to believe because you don't ever want to believe 
that someone came off the highest of highs and beat the great Vladimir Klitschko to become the heavyweight champion of the world. You know, you don't want to think negatively upon it. And all he's done is he keeps tripping over himself here because he's got a really good personality from what I've seen and like watching and listening to a lot of interviews of his. And he gets it. He knows how to sell a fight. And he can fight. And that's a that's a that's a sad part of the thing about it. When he has his when he has it together, he can flat out fight. And you know, but then when he's telling the UK anti-doping agency that he's never taken a drug in his life, and then you're saying that they're messing with you and you've been drug tested 60, 50 to 60 times. Three times a week, everything's come up negative. It's like, I don't. He's trying to get out of a lifetime ban, and I get it. He wants to box. I think he's a very viable. I still think he could be very viable. It's a good division. In this division, you know, and he beat the man. And I just don't. You want to hope, but I don't believe him. I think he just needs to get this behind him, get his light, focus on getting his license back and losing weight. He looked like still a fat slob the last time I seen a picture of him about two weeks ago. He didn't look too hot. So instead of eating Twinkies and drinking Coke, and there's nothing wrong in eating Twinkies and drinking Coke, don't get me wrong, but make sure you're working out of here and eat Twinkies and Coke. Or at least walk. Go for a walk. Put on your shoes. Go for a walk. You know, I'm not gonna bash him. I'm not gonna bash him too hard because he has been seen on social media wearing a Chicago Bulls jersey. So I will give him good taste. No, but that is a. But that's about as. You can't. I, I can't vouch for this guy. Don't you want to? You really do, Carlos. But how can you vouch for someone who's pissing their life away? Oh no. I am just simply complimenting his excellent choice in NBA teams. That's about it. I, I, no, you're about to see the wrath of the wrath of the bull right here, right now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can see the Steven just literally like backed Man, away. No. I'm scared here. Now the the roar of the bull. Is that what you said? The roar of the bull. Right. The wrath. The wrath of the bull. Oh, excuse me. No, here's the thing. I'm not a cynical guy. I'm not a negative guy. I always like to see the positive things. I absolutely cannot possibly fathom the. Tyson Fury even has any themselves of thinking he could not only one be able to get his suspension uh, rescinded because he is facing a lifetime ban, and I kind of get why he's trying to throw an excuse. One, two, the excuse: oh, I ate and contaminated me. No, that's not going to fly at all, especially with all the stuff you've done, especially with all the fact that you failed the test for cocaine, all the mental illnesses that it's been reported on and i don't know if it's true and i don't know if it's fully true or, or at least what to the extent of it three if you're really serious about the sport and i really mean you're serious i don't want you to think i don't want you to call out anthony joshua oh he's all muscle he's nothing you know what when i sparred with him years say six years ago he nicked me because i was out of shape you think you were out of, out of shape six years ago you're 350 pounds I'm not kidding. It's been reported 25 stones. That's 350 pounds in American weight. 
Dang, that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of blubber. That's a lot of seriously. Lot of, I just saw. I just saw a picture of him wearing the Bulls jersey. It, you have to look very hardly, but you can see oh, it is. It is the complete opposite of an hourglass shape. And if you think, if you want, if you think, if you actually get this suspension revoked and you're actually eligible to fight, what the hell does does Anything in the what the hell do you think makes you think that you're actually gonna drop a hundred pounds to fight him in August and July in August, September, October, or even by next April? He no wants way to in hell are you actually going to have that? He wants to fight July eighth. He wants to fight on the car, same card as Billy Joe Saunders on July eighth. I'm sure, in, a, in, in an exhibition fight against Butterbean, sure, why not? <laughs> at least uh, then we'll actually get it. At least, at least then we'll get the boxing equivalent of a sumo match. <laughs> I'm sorry, my goodness, I just... You're, you're pretty excited there. <laughs> this whole thing about... Look... And I get, look, I was excited when he beat, I was excited when he beat Vladimir Klitschko. I was excited when he beat Vladimir Klitschko because I thought, finally, we got a guy who is very charismatic. He really is. He knows how to sell a fight. He's very talented. No matter what you may think of how Klitschko was, beating Klitschko is practically a lifetime achievement. And then you come out, and then goes now almost twenty months. I think it's we're at somewhere around that time, almost twenty months. And then you're looking like you are the fact that you're over three hundred pounds. The fact that you think that you can shed the weight, and one think that you can immediately box right away and say you can beat Anthony Joshua after what we witnessed after we witnessed one of the greatest heavyweight championship box, uh, boxing matches of all time. I don't know. It's like, look, and I want him. Look, first of all, I want his life. I, if he's going to be back in the sport, the one thing I want, uh, I want to see from him is that one, he's sound of mind, that his health is in no way, shape, or form in any danger, whether it be physical, mental, or emotional. Because listen, Tyson Fury is a heck of a fighter. He is. A is a much needed name for this heavyweight division because this the heavyweight division has not looked this good in so long. If, and to be honest, and I'll give Fury this: he was the catalyst for making that change happen because ever since he bought since he beat Klitschko, then we started paying attention to Anthony Joshua. We started paying attention to Joseph Parker. We started paying attention to Deontay Wildermore and even some of the other guys like Tony Ballou and King Kong Ortiz. All of those that everybody started appreciating this division, Klitschko was out of that top of the hill, and it started with Tyson Fury. And just to see how he is right now, it's sad. I'm pissed, and I'm and I don't mean to hate on him because I am a fan of Tyson Fury, but I just want I just want Tyson Fury to get his life together. If he's able to convince the UK anti-doping agents uh, agency. That he that he really didn't take any banned substances 
uh, knowingly, and it was because it contaminated me, which is it. It's been a valid excuse in certain cases. I'm not going to knock it because, be, because a lot of people have been using it. It's been, it's been shown that it could happen. I'm just, it just pisses me off that so many people are now immediately going to go the, oh, I just ate some bad meat route whenever they fail a drug test. It's just I, sad. No, I get your frustration and valid points. And I think that they're all valid, you know, and you want to root for someone who brings change, you, you know, in a positive light. And I, I'm just, I'm maybe I'm very naive in the sense, and, and I, had, I had this conversation with a group of people earlier today, that it's hard. I'm not a big fan of cheaters. I'm not a fan of guys who have taken PEDs. I don't, there's, there's not a place in combat sports for PEDs. He cheated. Plain and simple. He cheated. And I don't care. Well, you can make up whatever. We can make up whatever excuse we want. At the end of the day, he failed the drug test and he cheated. He's a flat out cheater. I'm not even a fan of when guys do marijuana. And that's a whole different conversation. Or cocaine or, you know, whatever recreational drug you want to partake in or PEDs. I'm not a fan of it in general. It doesn't have a place in sports. When you are excellent in your craft and you reach the mountaintop, becoming the heavyweight champion in the world in boxing means you are the king of boxing. That's how it used to be. And Tyson Fury pissed it away. I don't feel bad for him. I don't at all. If he never fights again, it's on him. It's not on the UK anti-doping board. It isn't on WADA. I mean, now VADA. It's not their fault. It's not anyone's fault in the UK. At the end of the day, it's Tyson Fury's fault. I wouldn't even let him fight again. They banned him, so be it. Is he good for boxing? Sure. You can, that's a valid argument. You really can. He's got a great personality. And like you said, he can fight. But... If he doesn't come back and they ban him, Carlos, it doesn't bother me in the slightest bit because he cheated. He is a cheater. Plain and simple. He's got that scarlet letter on him the rest of his career. He can go on and win multiple heavyweight world titles. He can go knock out Anthony. He can, he can knock out Joshua and Parker and Klitschko. Again, he, can, he can knock them out. Or Tony Ballou, David Hay, whoever. Deontay Wilder. Go ahead. Doesn't mean nothing. He cheated. Who says he's not cheating at that point? Once a cheater, always a cheater when it comes to, you know, guys doing PEDs in combat and all, any sport. So he wants to fight for his career. I, I get it. He wants to make more money. He's, he's going to eat his career away anyway, the way he's going. So he's got a decision to make. Just fess up. Say you did it. Get it done and over with. It's, we're in a society, and you know this. Especially in sports, we love the athlete. Everyone loves to come back, and we're all about second chances in this country and in the world. Just admit you did it. You screwed up. Move on. Get your license. Go do what you got to do and go fight or eat Twinkies or whatever you like. 
eat bonbons, whatever you like to do. So that is my take on that. And it's just infuriating. It's very, very sad and pathetic. Now, the question remains, because we still don't know what the decision is going to be, at least the, at least the fact that I, uh, as far as I'm aware, do you think that they'll actually, the, 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 and I'm, when I mean they, I mean the UK Anti-Doping Agency, do you think that they will ultimately give the pass on Tyson Fury and allow him to continue? They like money, right? Yeah. Look at the money he generated for the Klitschko fight. It, it was in Germany. Look at the money he generated. Look at what the arena – I forget where they were. It's off the top, tip of my fingers, tip of my mouth. I can't remember where uh, – Esprit Arena. Sold it out, the fight, the rematch, when they were supposed to say he was supposed to rematch Klitschko. You can, you can sell tickets. They'll bring him back. I'm not – it would shock me if they banned him for life. Which which can be done, but too much fun. Too much in terms of the financial pocketbook. And once again, it comes back to money. And as sad as it is, and it's a pathetic excuse. He'll fight again. He'll fight there. I don't see it being an issue. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. Uh, I don't think. I think it's crazy to think that he'll actually fight on that Billy Joe Saunders card. I, I think it's ridiculous to think that he actually not only. F- uh, get reinstated, but also fight in the summer. It's I think a lot that's of weight. Crazy to talk. It's a lot of weight. It's a lot, of weight. A lot of weight to lose. He has been he has been seen working out with with Billy Joe Saunders recently. So at least like in at least showing that he's wanting to not only shed the weight, get back into fighting shape. I think he's going to is if there's any hope that Fury and Joshua actually happens, it's going to take next April at the earliest because he because I believe Eddie Hearn do, ha, does have Wembley Reserve uh, for next April. That is a report. It's not confirmed. That's from the words of Tyson Fury. So I know. That's I mean, true. I've reached, out to true. Eddie, I've reached out to Eddie Hearn. I haven't gotten a comment yet back from Eddie, but um, I did send an inquiry right after that, and I haven't heard nothing yet. But there, that is just a report. It's not been validated whatsoever. So that's just coming out of the mouth of Tyson Fury. So, but we will see. I think, I don't think he makes it to July 8th. I think if you give us all some more time, if, you, if, if you're weighing that, um, if he gets reinstated, let's say, let's do that with the, in parentheses. If he is, I can see like September, take a couple fights, and then I think he'd be ready for the boat. Make him earn it a little bit, and then instead of give him one fight and he fights for the title, he's got to fight two at least twice to get that opportunity. In my mind, just kind of reading some of our more uh, com- comments from our lovely fans here at Fightful. Uh, C Phoenix says MMA world is full of juice heads. Then again, so it's just about every sport. Not saying it's right by any means, but that's the landscape nowadays. I mean, look he's at not- cycling. Not wrong. He's not wrong. Cycling's even cleaned up. I'm not. I'm not gonna get into an anti-doping conversation, but cycling's really cleaned up. MMA's really started to clean up. Is that perfect? No, but cycling's gotten a lot better, and and MMA is really getting on its way. Is really on their way. I think. Olay, Sammy Olay. 
I kind of laughed at this. I want to see Tyson Fury versus John Jones. Winner gets a kilo of cocaine. Hey, what, what was his name? Uh, Ole, Sammy Ole. Sammy Ole. A fightful, a faithful. He sounds like a Sammy Zayn fan. Ole, Ole. I cannot add that in, man. I'm going to see. Uh, I'm seeing Sammy Zayn. I'm seeing Sammy Zayn on his profile, but I, but I can imagine he probably takes an inspiration. Now, who can. For the, a bail for a kilo of coke. <laughs> oh, I can see who, your coke. Can, see the who can, coke can snort it the quickest, brother. I'm going with. I'm going with the draw, brother. Oh wait, oh wait, oh wait, oh wait. That's not a single thing. Oh, I am on cocaine, but no, no, not even close, man. Uh, I'm going with a draw. <laughs> Oh come on, that's a cop out. A, a draw, and there's gonna be a there's gonna be a line of coke, and you're both gonna look at it, and you're gonna split it in half. That last tiny bit of the kilo, they're gonna snort it together, and the winner will be neither guy. They will both be winners, and winners are the eyes of the drug lords. I just really crossed the line, and I love it. Bring it on, oh. gents. Oh, Bring it in, not it, man. If this does not make it to the Fightful Awards as one of the nominees for Best Podcast Moments, I don't know what we could possibly do. We hey. spent four minutes talking about a hypothetical fight between John Jones and Tyson Fury with the prize being a bad kilo of cocaine. Hey. Hey, they're, not that- gonna, they're, not, they're not going to fight. They're just gonna split. They're gonna cut the bag and go to town, man. That's what they're gonna do. That's what they will do. And then they're gonna be like, "Ride back." Instead of feed me more, get me more coke. Get me more coke. Feed me more. Let me snort. That's that's the chant they're gonna start, man. I'm telling you right now, they're gonna call the ride back. And they're going to start chanting like Ryback. They're going to be watching Ryback move the WWE Network and watching Ryback. Man, that was way too long. That was great, though. But no. We got any more questions? Buy your before... Fightful shirts. <laughs> any more questions before we bounce for the week? Uh, let me check. Comments? Concerns? Uh, just, just people. Just people loving the past five minutes. <laughs> Pretty much. Tell them, thank, tell them thank you. We appreciate you. But no, a, a very low, low key weekend. There's no no boxing this weekend. The, the limelight go, goes on in the mixed martial arts at UFC 211. And uh, next week, though, it's a stacked week. You got Terrence Crawford returning against Felix Diaz from Madison Square Garden. You got Gary Russell. Jr. You got Gary Russell Jr. returning. You got which I think is really cool, and we'll talk about next week. His two brothers. You got three brothers fighting on the same card. I think that's awesome. And I talked to, I've talked to all three brothers, so I'm really looking for why the heck are you muting me, Toro? No, I no, oh, no, I, I didn't need to mute you. I'm trying okay. to cough. I was trying to cough. Oh, okay. I thought you were I, muting. So it doesn't me, right? appear on the audio feed. Dude, I would never mute you. If I, I have if I would mute you, I would have muted you during that whole five minutes. Well, I just laughed. I drink it in, man. But um, no, but I think that story, I'm looking forward to talking about that story next week because I think that's amazing. The fact you have 
three brothers going to be fighting on the same show. And then you have the, the Terrence Crawford fight with Felix Diaz, which I think is also going to be a great fight. So next week is an exciting week for boxing. This week, it's the MMA realm. But, no, we get a, we get a little reprieve this week. It's been a busy three weeks. So it's definitely a much-needed one-week siesta. And we get right back on the grind next week. we got a couple big HBO and Showtime going ahead at Netflix. I, I always get a kick up on HBO and Showtime put on cards on very good cards on the same weekend, same day, at the same time, and you split the viewer, which makes absolutely no sense, and I'm not a very big fan of, but we'll get into that next week. Visit Fightful.com for the latest in MMA, pro wrestling, and boxing news. As always, Carlos Toro, Stephen Mielhausen, leave a, leave a oh, comment. Wait, 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 oh, we, got, we got to tell the fans where to go. Go yeah, to well, I was getting there. I was getting there. I was oh, getting there. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Run the shit, man. I'm sorry. I was getting a you little are. frog. You were killing my mood. I feel like I am on coke, and I'm not. I've just, I've just, I had like two cups of coffee because I got a lot of work to do tonight. Maybe I should put you into that, into that fight, the hypothetical <laughs> fight. I've the credibility of this podcast you know just went down a lot, I'm, but its fun factor just grows up by a million. You know what? I've never done drugs. If I don't, I drink alcohol. Like, that is technically a drug. Okay. Technically a drug. But I've never done any of the smoking or the snorting or or the needles. Or I'm not a big, I'm not even a fan of needles when they take out, take blood from me at the doctor's office. Why am I going to sit there and, and do that? But no. <laughs> Where was I going? You just got me all like into a tizzy. But, um, no, you can find us. Where can they else? Where else can the, the great fans find us, Carlos? Uh, well, you can first find us uh, find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, on Fightful.com, YouTube, all the other uh, platforms that we are go- that the Fightful Boxing Podcast at. Because I do not remember all of them out of my head. At least I li- I listen most of them right now. You can check out the other Fightful Box uh, podcast with you have the post Raw and post SmackDown podcast with. Sean Ron Sapp, Alex Pulowski, Jeff Hawkins, Anna Bauer, the, the Listing Your Boy podcast between Sean Ron Sapp and Jimmy Van, the MMA podcast between Sean Ron Sapp and Showdown Joe. And yeah, you can find us on, on iTunes, Stitcher, Fightful.com. Visit Fightful.com. Leave us a thumbs up. Leave a comment. Give us a good review. It really helps us, helps us out a lot. And you can find Steven Mulehausen on Twitter at S. Mulehausen MMA, S M U E H L H A U S E N M M A. Where can the great fans find you on Twitter, sir? You can find me at Carlos Toro three sixty on Twitter, and I have to. I, I wasn't going to try to tell your Twitter handle because uh, you do it so well. You do it so well. It might as well be a jingle. I, you know, what? I should write a jingle on it. But before we go, we do want to thank you guys for last week. What a week! Two last two weeks have been gangbusters. So we want to thank each and every one of you who has watched and taken the time to watch and to listen on iTunes and Stitcher and all the other platforms you can listen to podcasts on and watch the video on YouTube. So we sincerely mean it. Thank you so much. We love the support. Continue. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell anyone and everyone. But make sure you guys do that. Don't give us great ratings and. We will give you more podcasts, I promise. And as always, Carlos Toro, Stephen Newhausen for the Fightful Boxing Podcast, signing out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.